Hola mis amigos queridos y bienvenidos al podcast Painting Pictures con Gabriel Roberts. Yo soy Gabriel Roberts y pues bienvenidos y pues espero que todo está bien o esté bien con ustedes. Y ahora vamos a escuchar la canción de Painting Pictures. Folks, welcome, welcome to Painting Pictures. I'm just going to do the, the intro in English now. Welcome to the Painting Pictures podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts, and I'm coming to you from Carmichael, California, back where it all began. I haven't been home to Carmichael in over a year. Isn't that amazing? It sure, sure felt amazing to me. I uh, am... Um, I mean it was it's been good. I I I haven't really wanted to come back sooner than than this, although I wouldn't have turned it down. Um but time goes by really fast because when I left, I guess I wasn't imagining that I would be gone a whole year even though I knew I was going moving across the country. Anyway, I came back for a visit cuz one of my friends or two of my friends got married. And So that's a pretty good reason. And it's been really nice and sunny here. And it's been a welcome change from Vermont, which is enjoying a, a, a terribly... Well, it's not enjoying. Vermont is not enjoying spring because it's been miserable. Miserable. It's been a miserable miserable spring. May was was completely miserable. Like rain all the time, highs in the low fifties. You know, can you imagine? That's your that's your spring, drizzling, pouring rain and cold every day. Uh, I came out here and and tried to soak up as much of the sun as I can, and I haven't gotten sunburned yet. So, I know a lot of you were hoping that I would get sunburnt, you sick bastards. That's a sadistic wish that I would get sunburnt. But I didn't. I haven't gotten sunburnt, and I haven't even used sunblock. Fun fact, fun scientific fact, folks. Um because of the way the sun's rays work, you know, you've got the UVA rays and the UVB rays. The UVA rays are the ones that give you vitamin D. That's right, vitamin D, that sweet vitamin D. Get it from UVA. UVB rays are the ones that give you cancer. We don't like UVB rays. Well, 
During the middle of the day when the sun is at its zenith or apogee, <laughs> the UVA and UVB rays are streaming down together and you're you're getting uh you're getting plenty of UVA and you're you're getting the most UVA that you can when the sun is at its peak and strongest. So you're getting the most benefit of being in the sun. Whereas in the afternoon as the sun descends, the atmosphere, okay, the atmosphere, okay, the atmosphere, okay, the atmosphere, okay, the atmosphere filters out the UVA rays. I know, <laughs> I know, why does it do that? I don't know. We don't know. Scientists still don't know. But it does. And so what you're getting in the afternoon sun is UVB rays, which, as we know, cause cancer. So there's really no no benefit in being out in the, in the sun in the afternoon. And, in fact, it can be kind of harmful. So the, the the takeaway is go out in the sun when it's the hottest and warmest and highest in the sky. And isn't that the opposite of what we've all been told? Yeah, mostly. That's what I've been told is that you're supposed to, to protect your skin, stay out of the sun for those peak hours, and then go out in the afternoon. Well, that's the fucking opposite, and that's, <laughs> you know, it's so messed up. People should really figure things out before they use you know give advice don't give me advice and then figure out that your advice was wrong if you don't know it for sure don't say it that's a public service announcement for you um today's podcast is brought to you by the doggy paddle and after just a few minutes of using the doggy paddle you'll understand why dogs everywhere have trusted this stroke for more than 75 years. The doggy paddle is a great way to get around in the water. Um, try it today, the doggy paddle. Thanks to the doggy paddle for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, I've got a couple, just a couple little audio clips. I'm actually, I'm recording this podcast because I have another podcast that I recorded here in Carmichael with Joe Gruen. It's a good podcast. It's a funny podcast. But the last podcast that I posted was with guests. And I just I needed to insert myself in this. I don't want I don't want you guys to forget who this podcast is about. The Painting Pictures podcast is about me. So I wanted to just get in here, stretch out, relax, you know, open my bathrobe for you to 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 behold my the the soft lining on the inside of my bathrobe and remind you all what this podcast is about and that's me and then I'll and then I'll put up the episode with Joe and you know we'll all enjoy that but it's anyway just important that I get myself in here so yeah so I'm gonna pick up this microphone so I can oh yeah so I can straighten up my spine working on my posture a little bit boy every time i see a photograph of myself 
and I see that sort of tilt forward of the neck. Um, I get, you know, a little heebies. And then I often see people, you know, 10 years down the road from me and that sort of hunch starting to happen in their posture. And I do not want that to be me, folks. Boy, it can happen fast, you know? One day you're 30, next day you're 40, and you're halfway on the way to becoming the hunchback of Notre Dame. So I'm working on my, trying to work on my posture a little bit. I've taken like a week and a half off of work for this trip, and it is so nice. I, I, it's just amazing. Just an amazing feeling. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've given myself lots of work. I've been <laughs> really busy back here in Carmichael, just puttering around, um, doing yard work, helping my folks with, you know, doing some digging, doing the things that a young man can do that, that, you know, people in their 60s can do, but it's not, you know, we don't need, I don't want them to be doing that, right? They will, though, because they're badasses. They don't just freaking hire people to do shit. They're like, I'll do that. I'll dig that hole. Uh, Or just wait till Gabe comes home. (laughs) So I've been been busy. I've been making picture frames for old paintings. And what else? That really that has like occupied all of my time. I, I I don't know. I feel like there's a couple other things. I did go to go to the wedding, so that means I got in the car and I drove and it was a really uh kind of overwhelming experience. I my day-to-day involves a lot of driving, but I'm driving a, a course a 2000 Subaru Forester on the country roads of North Ern, Vermont. North Ern, North Ern, Vermont. And so uh, the most traffic I'll ever encounter is going through the town of Morrisville. And I'll sometimes have a situation where there are maybe three or four cars in front of me and there's a slowdown as as a car is waiting to make a left off of the main road. That's about the extent of traffic that I'm accustomed to. And I'm also accustomed to really good visibility in this Subaru Forester. Like I'm I I can see all around me. The windows are really tall. And I get back to Sacramento and I drive my mom's uh Jetta and it's a newish car. I don't know what year. It's 2013 or something. And you're like, you're, it's very comfortable, but you're in this like cockpit, you're like gripped in this cockpit and you've got this headrest behind you. And I guess you're really supposed to rely on your mirrors or something, but the windows, the hot, the the sidewalls on this car are so tall that the windows are so narrow, the visibility is not that good. And the first thing I did, uh, when I got in her car for the first time to drive downtown to meet a friend is I backed right into a garbage can that was at the bottom of the driveway. I just smacked right into it. I didn't knock it over. And then instead of getting out and and putting the garbage can away, um, I just pulled up the driveway and backed out the other side of it and drove off because I was in a hurry. But then it's been an... Um, then, it, then I couldn't figure out how to get the AC to work. And then... Um, and then on the day that I was driving to the wedding, I stopped to fill up the gas tank. 
and I couldn't figure, I, like the key seemed to really stick in turning the car off. I, I, there was probably something of pushing the key in or, or something. And then there was no lever to open the fuel door. So I didn't know how to open the fuel door. I had to phone a friend. Or I had to phone my mom and say, how do you open the fuel door on your car? And I think I did a pretty good job of of disguising my disgust and frustration and anger at this stupid fucking new car that you doesn't have a lever for the fucking fuel door and you, like what do you need to you need an app for this car do you need to have downloaded the app and make sure you have cell phone service so you can press a button on the app to open the fucking fuel door well no as it turns out all you it's one of those press to open things so you just like click it in the fuel door and it pops open but I don't know, then put a sticker on it that says press to open or like, I don't know. I just needed to be coached on this. And I feel like I can take any car from, you know, the 90s and the early 2000s and uh, I can probably figure out how to fill up the gas tank and I can probably figure out how to turn on the AC and I can probably figure out how to, you know, turn the car on and off. But anything after 2010 and I'm a fucking old man who who just cannot cope and gets so frustrated and... Um, I really, <laughs> uh, oh boy. Yeah. New cars. I don't know. I guess if you're, if you're with it, you know, if you're constantly getting new cars, you kind of, you're in the flow of how these new cars work. And basically they work with like, everything's automated and everything's a button and everything's convenient, but actually everything's fucking stupid and frustrating and like complex, more overly complex, overwrought, ornate. Overly ornate. Big fat golden daddy. And so I um yeah, that was that was a little trying and and then the drive to the wedding itself, I don't know, I guess maybe I was a little tired. That probably contributed to it. Uh but it was a Saturday and right away I was encountering traffic, even just leaving Sacramento in the, the middle of the day. Long line of cars waiting as two freeways merged, and it's so uh, dicey. Like you got, you're on. You got to be on your fucking toes so that you don't get in an accident. Because there's hundreds and thousands of cars squeezing through and changing lanes, and it's hot. And I mean, what a what a desperate, desolate, dangerous situation to be in. It was the most desperate, desolate, dangerous situation I'd been in since I moved to Vermont. And it was all just like trying to drive, trying to drive somewhere, and you have to go on these fucking roads and be surrounded by all of these cars and all of these people. And right away, I I decided that, that there are way too many people in California. <clears throat> I felt that way before I left in 2014 to go to Colorado. That there were too many people, and now it has gotten much worse. There are way more people. And I, I guess people, you know, they're just like, well, it's traffic. It's not as bad as L.A. It's probably, you know, which is probably true. It's not as bad as L.A. yet. But my God, I didn't even go to San Francisco. This whole trip, I'm back for 10 days and I have numerous amigos in San Francisco and Oakland that I would love to see. But I I have no uh, interest in, like, subjecting myself to that journey. And that stress of driving into that city and driving through that traffic and trying to park and stuff. So I I really, 
I went to the wedding two days or basically a day after I got home. And I, uh, you know, a half hour, hour into the drive <clears throat> was was completely convinced and sure, <clears throat> excuse me, that I would never, I would never live here again. That I just, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. And then like I turn off to uh, go to fill up at the gas station and then somebody i get i pump the gas and i get back in the car and somebody pulls their car up right in front of me at the other pump and so i can't pull out forward to get back on the road i have to back out and swing around and of course i'm so nervous i'm gonna hit something because i can't fucking see where i'm backing up and i i pull out and then I can't make a left because there's a median, so I have to make a right. And so then I take my first left, which is into a parking lot. And it, you know, it's it's Saturday at noon. And I'm pulling into a parking lot, and there's like five cars like pulling out of the parking lot. So I can't just like flip a quick bitch. So I end up having to take this ridiculous like, you know, three minute drive through a fucking parking lot just to turn around safely. And get back on the road and get back on the highway. And I, I was just like, I'm done with this. I am fucking done with this. These fucking parking lots and all these cars and all these curbs and all this asphalt and concrete. Uh, I'm just, I'm just done with it. And I, I, uh, I left a, like a forlorn voicemail on my wife's phone, saying, I, I'm like, I'm ready to come home. <laughs> this shit is not for me. Now, uh, it's not all that bad. It's really, it's quite beautiful. And the amount of vitamin D that you can get from the sun here is pretty fantastic. And that, that's worth a lot. But the, boy, the traffic and the number of people and, and the people in the traffic and, uh, it's all just a little bit. It's just not for me, folks. It's just not for me. I went down to uh, downtown Sacramento one of the first evenings I was here, and I took a walk around with a friend who's who works for the mayor and is like he knows like every block, every block downtown, what the story is and what the zoning is and what the development plan is, and things are happening down there. They've built a new arena called the Golden One Center. It is monstrous and pretty cool, you know, like in the way that you see a building in, in Las Vegas and you're like, wow, that's pretty cool because it's so big and shiny. And then there's a monster hotel coming up across the street that looks like it's out of Las Vegas. And um, and then there's a number of developments in um the surrounding area like there's a lot of new restaurants coming in and bars and uh condos and shit i guess they're going to sell condominiums on this uh top floor of this new big monster building hotel for seven hundred thousand dollars starting out and i guess they're just trusting that that people are gonna are gonna come there and it basically what's happening as far as i can tell is Sacramento is experiencing an echo boom from San Francisco. 
And San Francisco and the Bay Area is booming and getting overcrowded so much that people are moving all the way the fuck out to Sacramento. And Sacramento is becoming like a cool, like, secondary spot where it's like there's less traffic and it's cheaper. But it's also... It, then it's just trying to be a miniature San Francisco. Like, there's so many of these fucking new restaurants and bars and cafes and breweries, and they're all the same trendy craft shit. It's all the same shit. It all looks exactly the same. It all has that retro scripty font that I know you know. And... It all has there. It's all like black, you know, white on black and like uh, exposed, you know, brick walls and like heavy timbers. And it's all this veneer of like men with beards and craft shit. And it's all soulless. It's all totally soulless. I don't want to get that much deeper into this. But it's weird. It's like it's big. De- it's major development. Big things coming up, and people are like, "Oh, this is great!" Like, "Oh, that's new." Oh, cool. That's new. Oh, cool. Look, that's new. And it's like, what are we gaining from this? What is Sacramento gaining from this? Just more traffic, more people that move here, that aren't from around here, and can feel a hundred percent at home without having to get to know the place or the people or at all. Like it's just plug and play. It's 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 globalized. It looks exactly like everything new looks. So they show up in their brand new flashy car with their corporate job and they feel right at home. They're like, oh, I know just what to do. I just go out and I get myself a craft beer in the afternoon and I sit here and I'm fine. I'm fine. My life is fine. I'm in the right place. Look, I'm at this cool, trendy new spot. You know, my 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 clothes match. I totally fit in. Yeah, I got a job, and yeah, I got a nice my nice car is parked outside. Everything's good. Everything's good. And they don't have to learn a damn thing about themselves. They don't have to learn a damn thing about this place, Sacramento, and its history. It's like they can just jump right in, and they're just they're there, and they're fine, and they're doing it, and everything's okay. And all this development is is just allowing more assholes like that to f- to flood in and so we just have a a bigger more disconnected soulless easily controlled population of schmucks <laughs> as far as i can tell that's the main result and i think back to the arena proposal and how hard people fought to get sacramento an arena for the sacramento kings and I remember that I was pretty into it because, of course, I didn't want the Kings to leave. But now I totally commiserate with the people that were like, fuck off. I don't care. I don't want our taxes to go up for a fucking arena that's just going to bring downtown development, like, quote, unquote, downtown development by unimaginative developers that only care about making money. Like, what you get is, yes, you get new places and you get new bros in flashy cars but but the city itself is not being enriched like the available experience in sacramento the the breadth and depth of available experience 
is not getting any uh, broader or deeper or richer. Um, it's just getting shinier and louder. So there's my big rant about Sacramento. Fortunately, this little house out in Carmichael is just getting better and better. And uh, my folks are are uh, hanging out. Um, you know, they, they've got divorced years ago, but they're good friends and they're helping each other out with their lives and, um, and they're doing great and, and it makes me happy. And, and I think I will be back here in the spring, um, hopefully with my wife to help with a big remodel on this house. And, um, and there are lots of great people here and there's beautiful rivers and we've got rain now, which is awesome. It rained this season, so everything looks a little bit less dead than it usually does by June. Dead and dry. Uh, so that's heartening. And, you know, California's California's great. It's The weather's great, you know. All of that traffic and shit is almost made up for when you can go out and sit next to the pool and be totally warm to the bone and it be quiet all around and you just hop in the pool and then you're like, ah, this is nice. All right, I'm just going to play you guys a couple of of, uh, audio clips. This first one is from Vermont and it's me on my commute on the way back from work. This is sort of a quiet moment on my drive home because I'm behind a turkey. A freaking... Oh, wait, that's a, that's a chicken? Uh, yes, that was a chicken. It's a pretty good chicken. Not a chicken, a turkey. That's my turkey impression. And the turkey just pulled off. They uh, they were going uh, less than 40 miles per hour in a speed limit of 35, but it's a, it's a speed zone of 35 in the middle of a speed zone of 40. Okay, now that's only five miles per hour different, but this stretch of road known as North Wolcott Road, North Wolcott, Wolcott Road, North Wolcott Road, is one where the motorists average, I would say, 50, that's a low estimate, so it's maybe they average like 53 miles per hour. I've been taking it steadily more rapidly as I get further into my season of work and I get tighter and tighter with my commute time. You know how that goes. The first day of work, you show up like 15 minutes early. That wasn't the case because I was hurrying to get out the door, but I think my target departure time is 7.45. And that was legitimately my target departure time for, like, the beginning of my work. Maybe the first week. I just completed week five, folks. 
week five of season two on the log home on Elmore Mountain here in Vermont. And so for the first week of this season, I was trying to leave at 7.45. And then I sometimes would leave at 7.50 and I'd still get to work on time. So now I'm in my head it's basically become 7.50 and it's taken me recording this audio bit to admit that to myself that I no longer give 7.45 a shred of credit as the time I actually have to get on the road (laughs) so it's basically become 7.50 and uh, now I've been sure I'm going to be late and I still haven't been late despite leaving basically at 8 o'clock this morning starting work at 8.30 and it's thanks to this North Wolcott Road that I can now take at like 65 when the speed limit is 40 this all gives you an idea of what a turkey this guy was So the section of 35 is like through town supposedly but all there is in town is one general store and you know the houses are a little bit closer together but don't nobody slow down to fucking 40. People slow down to like, maybe they just shave below 50. Anyway, I'm not, it's not, it's not getting me down, folks. That turkey's not getting me down because it's Friday and I'm on my way home and the sun is shining and there's beautiful puffy clouds in the sky and there's brand new brilliant bright green leaves on the trees and I just got paid So life's pretty good. On my return to California, I took an airplane. I took an airplane and I broke it in half over my leg, over my knee. (laughs) No, I took an airplane as in I got in an airplane and and the airplane flew with me in it and other people to a place that was different. (laughs) So that's what happened. And... I quote-unquote flew to Sacramento, which actually meant flying to San Francisco and then waiting for a tiny little plane to fly from San Francisco to Sacramento. And that plane was delayed. That's the lead-in to the following audio segment, which is me bitching about United Airlines customer service in the San Francisco airport. Why do people in customer service get defensive Well, because they don't want to deal with the truth, I guess. They're not interested in the truth. Somehow they feel like, probably because they work for big shitty companies that in general fuck people over, the truth more often than not is that their company is fucking you over. So they don't want to admit that. I guess that's pretty apparent. I'm here at the San Francisco International Airport uh, trying to get to Sacramento, which is like, oh, I don't know, 70 miles from here or something like that, and I'm delayed over three hours, and I go up to a customer service representative and say, hey, do you guys know what's going on with this 5150 flight to Sacramento? And she says, the flight to Sacramento? Never do. Always delayed. Always late. And it's true, this flight has already been delayed three times. And I said, 
Are you talking about this particular flight, or are you saying all flights to Sacramento are always delayed? And she obviously didn't know what she was talking about and does a little, like, shoulder shimmy and says, it's debatable. Debatable by whom? Who the fuck is going to debate whether your broad statement applies to all flights or just this particular flight? And why are we talking about what you said and interpreting it. I asked you a question. I didn't ask for a philosophical conundrum or a semantical argument. I don't want to dive in and put my forensic suit on and open this box with you and try to figure it out together. No, you're the fucking customer service agent. I asked you a question, you're supposed to give me an answer. <laughs> Instead of shoulder shimmy, it's debatable. It's like what you say in high school. It's like a little catchphrase. Oh, that's debatable. It's one of those things that you find out you can say to pretty much any situation at any time, and it will sort of perhaps apply. It's like a a catch-all phrase to just to stir up some conflict or some confusion. Not not a helpful phrase for a customer service representative to be embracing. Um, not impressed. Not impressed with with that particular customer service experience. I guess she was just hoping that I would be like any other high school student and kind of laugh. Oh, it's debatable. (laughs) He made a joke. And I would just forget about the fact that I'm being forced to wait for three fucking hours to get on a plane that could take me, you know, 60 miles across the state when there's not a cloud in the sky. They don't know why the plane's late. (laughs) You know, why would they know that? It's the it's the, it's debatable. <laughs> what am I supposed to find you cute and endearing, and think? Oh, this is fun. You know what? I don't really care that I'm delayed anymore. Let's just uh, let's just let's just shoot some shit like a couple of fucking high schoolers, and pretend that everything's okay. And we just we we're all happiest when. We all are helpless, you know? Let's all just be helpless and not know what's happening. Can't we all just stay in that happy place of confusion and, and lack of truth and clarity? Then, then you know, just, just all blurred lines, you know? That's where we want to be. Can't, don't you just want to be comfortable there? We can crack some jokes. We can throw out some words. We can interpret things in different ways. Uh, you know, we can be sassy. Let's just all hang out in that in that safe space where we don't have to admit that we're fucking up and we're fucking you over, and we don't know who the, and we're incompetent. We don't have to admit those sort of things. I've got a follow up to that experience uh, from Sacramento. I uh. I was out with my mom. We went to an appointment, and then uh, we stopped at Loman's Plaza. 
and I suggested that we go and get ourselves some frozen yogurt at Pinkberry because I hadn't had Pinkberry in years, and it's it's real good, folks. It's it's I think it's the best frozen yogurt shop in the world. In the world, uh, the best frozen yogurt is Pinkberry. Is the pink berries in your mouth? And I did get pink berries, strawberries. Those are, I mean, I guess those are mostly red. I got strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, plain yogurt, uh, almond roca. I think that's about it. Would have been nice to get some Captain Crunch in there. Anyway, I got some yogurt. Mom got some yogurt. I was in a great mood. I was in a great mood. I, you know, I was just, I was feeling good. Uh, the wedding was, I'd gone to the wedding already and then I was back and I was just going to get to chill in Carmichael and it was sunny out and I was out with my mom and I was going to treat her to a frozen yogurt. And so I was chatting to the guy behind the cash register who earned the guy behind the yogurt place who, who put yogurt in the things and then put the things on top of our yogurts. And then, and we, I was smiling talkative we get up to pay and the girl behind the cash register i guess decides that she wants to be a really good um employee and and engage her her customers in some conversation and she says uh do you guys have any plans for today and it's it's three o'clock do you have any plans for today I don't really know how to respond. My mom says, well, my son's here visiting from Vermont. And I kind of smile, and she goes, oh, that's nice. You guys should go to lunch or something. Um, <laughs> first of all, it's 3 o'clock. Second of all, obviously going to lunch is your idea of what you should do with your, with your mom. Uh, we went to lunch. Like, it's just like, apparently that's your concept of what you do with an old friend or your mom or somebody you haven't seen in a while. You go to lunch. So that's okay, but that's a pretty shallow fucking concept of of how to reconnect with a friend. And I I get the sense that's the best this this bitch has got. You guys should go to lunch. Uh, Again, it's three o'clock in the fucking afternoon. And... You're suggesting that we go to lunch as if, oh, you're right. You know what? I should like, I should like go out somewhere with my mom, like somewhere that's like kind of fun that we, I don't know, get something to eat. Oh, wait, that's what we're doing right now. We're at a fucking yogurt shop and I'm buying her fucking yogurt and we're in a great mood having a great time. So I, I sort of collect myself and I'm in a good mood and I say that, uh, you know, in regards to her earlier question about what are your plans, I said something like, well, you know, yeah, we'll um, probably go home and eat some dinner and, and maybe watch a movie. And she says, oh, oh yeah, what's your favorite movie? I guess this is just like, this is her mind as a computer um, just spitting out the next question that comes to her mind. And I said, hmm, I don't really know, but I think we might watch the movie Loving. 
have you heard of it? And she goes, no. And her phone rings in her back pocket. And I let her go because obviously she's not interested in this conversation. And that's fine. I don't need you as a fucking cashier at Pinkberry to be interested in my day. All I need you to do is ring me up and ring me up, Scotty. That's it. That's actually, that is all I need you to do. You've decided that you need to do more than that. Um, and you think that you can do that by treating people like um, computers or robots or, I don't know, <clears throat> dogs or not even dogs. Uh, what do you, I mean, it's like, it's it's treating us like, um, God, I don't I don't even know what the analogy is, but not like people. Um, it's like you think you can just say things and ask questions, and it will be as if you cared about us and wanted to. Uh, connect with us but you don't care about us and you don't want to connect to us so you should just keep your fucking mouth shut (laughs) and don't ask stupid questions don't fucking ask me what our plans are for the day if you don't care oh my god I really I'd like to go back there and, and just give her a good smack upside the head um I guess she's probably encountered a lot of people that um, are similarly incapable of having a real human connection. And to them, um, that her soulless, uninterested, random-ass questions feel like uh, an improvement over, over all of the people they interact with that day that don't even look them in the eye. Not to say that this girl was offering much in the way of eye contact, but she did, you know, ask us a, a couple of qu- a question and then a follow-up question. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I should be grateful that she was going so far above and beyond. But um, to me, it was just disgusting and unsettling and unpleasant. But perhaps to some people, um, you know, that feels like something like really the uh a good connection and it uh, and it it kind of like it goes along the lines of like it doesn't really matter how you feel you know like the first step to becoming a functional member of society is to disregard how you feel and um look to social cues and facebook um, to decide <clears throat> whether things are good or bad. Your own feeling, you know, you need to disregard that right off the bat. It's invalid. Your own feelings are invalid, um, and especially compared to, um, you know, feedback from your social networks, uh, number of likes that you get, and just <clears throat> the general social norms. Those are what really matter. And so if those are all in line and you've got all those boxes checked, if you've got a job that pays you salary, check. And if you've got a new car, check. Um, then, and if you are, 
if someone at the yogurt shop asks you about your day, check. Uh, things are good. Things are good. You've got a job, you've got a car, and you're having conversations with people. Uh, now you just need to find yourself a, a man, okay? Now you just need to find yourself a man um, that you can that you can glom onto and make into your husband and he's never going to be perfect. You know, uh, he's always going to be kind of dumb and into football and he's going to want to go out and drink with his friends and you've got to, you know, tie him down a little bit, keep him under control. Um, and talk about him to all your friends about what a fucking stinky pig he is and then get pregnant and then, of course, <laughs> there's a huge box that's checked. Um, uh, also get a house. <laughs> um, you might ask what this has to do with the yogurt lady. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe I made that connection. Maybe I didn't. Well, friends, I'm going to wrap this little bean bag up, stick it in my butt, and hop on down the line. Thanks for listening. This has been an episode of the Painting Pictures podcast. I'm Gabriel Roberts. I appreciate your attention. If you have any questions for me, send an email to gaberobertsart at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, go to iTunes and subscribe and rate and review and take some coconut oil and rub it all over your stomach. Um, but make sure you do the thing on the computer first so you don't get coconut oil all over your keyboard. If you have any thoughts about society and where it's headed, please send me an email. <laughs> Obviously, I'm interested. Um, do travel. I, 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 do, do travel. <laughs> do travel. <laughs> Jesus, fucking asshole. Do do get out and travel, guys. <laughs> okay, cause, uh, and and in the United States, I don't know. Uh, go, you know, go home to where you came from and go to other places. I don't know. It's been interesting. It definitely makes me realize that these times they are a changing, and I've been more or less gone for about three years from you know the Sacramento to Bay Area corridor. And I come back and things seem uh, to have uh, progressed, progressed. And I don't know if it's good or bad. I'd say it's, I don't know, you know, mostly bad, according to this podcast. But there are good things, too. And there are a lot of good people here. And, um, again, you can get vitamin, you can get all the vitamin D you need. So, but if you have any other thoughts about like other places in the world and what's happening and you want to talk about it or you want to come on the podcast or you want to come on my face, send an email to gaberobertsart at gmail.com. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks to Doggy Paddle for sponsoring this podcast. And again, I'm encouraging you to get out there and try the Doggy Paddle and you will just be amazed at how um, stable it is and how you can keep your head above water. And you'll, you'll know why, why dogs everywhere are really cute. All right, everybody. Until next time. Adios.